Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Hey, Christy, how are you doing today? Hey, Meg, great to see you. Always good to see you. Always good to see you. I'm really excited about our guest today because um, he lives here in Ohio and he has a really, really cool story. He has a really cool story. He graduated from Franciscan in 2000 with a business degree and now he's a husband and father of three amazing kiddos and is currently the Associate Vice President of Government Relations at Nationwide Insurance, where he advances the legislative and regulatory issues in the state of Ohio that make a difference in the lives of customers and their communities every day. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I can't wait for everybody to hear how his professional and his personal life collided when he worked on passing certain legislation in Ohio, um, because it's really incredible, helped his family and is helping countless other families. So um, let's bring him on and let's welcome Chad Wilson to the podcast. Thank you, Chad. Hi, Megan. Hi, Christy. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Obviously, you've got an incredible story of the work that you're doing. But before we get to that, can we back up a little bit? um, And can you share with us where you're from and how you got to Franciscan as a student? So, uh, Christy and Megan, I reside in Columbus, Ohio, and that's where I was and that's where I was born. Uh, Our family, uh, you know, I have one brother and two sisters. And all my siblings went to Franciscan University. So the Wilson name has now become the Jaminette name. That's my Emily's, my older sister's main name. It's also become the Schlater name as uh, my younger sister married another Franciscan grad. So uh, both of them, uh, you know, are all Franciscan all the way. And then my brother became a Catholic priest. So my other name is Father, right? So that's amazing. Kind of that, uh, We've been blessed as a family with Franciscan, and it, it really goes back to a priest named Father Joe Losh, who was instrumental in our family and in, in introducing the university uh, to my parents and at the time my older brother. And my older brother had a, an incredible experience, so now Father Jonathan Wilson. And because of that, my older sister went, Emily. And because of that, she introduced me to the college, and I has had a blast visiting. When I was in high school doing my come and see weekends, I may I may have done a few extra come and see weekends. <laughs> just to make sure. And then next thing you know, here I am talking to you uh, and explaining, you know, about all just how Franciscan made a difference in in, uh, in our lives. Most importantly, I met my wife at Franciscan, uh, Chrissy Quinn, and so now uh, you know we're we are doing really well, preparing for 20 years of marriage here coming up in September. So. Wow. That's incredible. Congratulations. I know. That's I know. great. That's amazing. Um, so before um, uh, you came to Franciscan, did you know what you wanted to do or did you kind of say, okay, I want to go to Franciscan. I've done my come and see weekends. Let's just dive in and see what happens. Or did you kind of have a vision? No, I did not have a vision. That's for sure. Uh, I knew I knew one thing. My parents bought a house on Woodlawn for our family. <laughs> that was fun that I had a place to go. 
and uh, I was able to hang out with a lot of older uh, Franciscan students who to this day I miss. So if you're hearing if you're hearing my voice out there and, and we hung out, love love to connect with you on LinkedIn. But, um, you know, everything was just kind of up in the air. My dad was a small business owner. He had us working at a young age. So I think, you know, we were holding down jobs as early as we could and always working. And so I knew I wanted to go into business. I just didn't know where that would take me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. So um, what was your experience like on campus when you came? You came in 97, is that right? 97. So, I mean, Christy, as, as we were talking about what campus life is like now and what <laughs> campus life was back then, you know, I'm noticing that some things are different. So definitely did not have any air conditioning. Uh, that, what dorm were you in? Fans to begin. There was no cell phones. Uh, <laughs> when you wanted to make a phone call, you know, like, so I was in Marion Hall. And if I wanted to um, see what now my wife was up to, Chrissy, you had to go into the courtyard and make a very public phone call outstanding <laughs> outside the window for everyone here. <laughs> and the coolest place to hang out was the gazebo. So even though I was not a smoker, the gazebo is where all the fun was, where where is where we'd meet up, and that's where you would kind of spread the word where the where everyone was heading that night. The the Trinity Marion gazebo. Just all gazebos. Oh, oh. I had to walk around to find out where people. It's kind of like you had to look for the for your friends, and then once you found your friends, kind of make plans of like what what are you gonna do that night? Right. No, and I'm telling you, things were fun. It was, uh, I was on, I, I ran for student council, so I was on FUSA. Spending the money was great. Back then, we used to do, um, like, Battle of the Bands. So we'd bring oh, yeah. the bands all day and play, in, or chill on the hill, I guess is what they called it. And so it, it was, uh, it was always something going on. Yeah, and it kind of sounds like you were involved in a lot of it. You wanted to kind of be where the action was at. Yes, on campus and off campus. <laughs> We had a, some, our friends would do this uh, Friday day club. They would take us out and that, that was always nice to get off campus with them. And, um, and then also even on campus, the older we got in life, the more, the more trouble that we would try to find. I was part of a, uh, a very famous household that lasted for a few years. It was called planning with Carl PWC. We were an unofficial household. I was going to say, that doesn't that sound... That doesn't sound pretty... That doesn't really sound Franciscan. <laughs> yeah, it was not Franciscan, but we wore the shirts. We, listen, we had red shirts, and we wore them, and we had captains and assistant captains, but most importantly, Megan, we made the cover of the Troubadour Times at least 10 times. Oh, we knew well, where to be in when hey, for photos. Watch out. So we were... Yeah, the Christmas tree lighting, we were all there. And these guys today are, are uh, some of my best friends, still text them all the time. But, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, there was no camera. Yeah, again, this is a time when it was just about having fun. And, and really, we were all growing in our faith, that's for sure, mm-hmm. And but also growing in our friendships. I, I just love, you tell me, Meg, Chris, it's the same way. You know, you meet someone and they're from California when you're a freshman, and then you meet somebody from Colorado and then Pennsylvania, right? Mm-hmm. All 50 states and just that with all the different cultures that, that people brought. I know. I was just texting with a friend of mine. Um, I had a dream the other night, of course, with two of my friends, one from Texas and one from California. And I was just texting them from Franciscan. I still had their numbers in my phone. These are people I haven't thought about in a couple years. And I was chatting with them after that, asking them how their kids was. It was like no time had passed. It was, it, it's amazing. Everybody says that when they come on this podcast, that the friendships they made here is 
it might be the most important, those Christian friendships, those might be the most important things, thing about Franciscan besides their education. I totally agree. I left Franciscan with, uh, I feel like friends all, all around the country, Mm -hmm. you know, people in Columbus couldn't understand why, why Christy and I are always traveling because we have these awesome families that we consider. I mean, we have these awesome friends that we consider family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now uh, watching uh, our friends, kids grow up and now they're all friends together. It's just, you couldn't ask for anything better. And, and we have our faith, right? I mean, my job at nationwide is, uh, you know, a job where I, I need to have, I, I needed to be grounded in my ethics and with mm-hmm. strong virtue. And I have that North star every single day, you know, cause I, I know that my identities and, and my relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it, it makes it easy to do the right thing. And, um, and then it's been incredible to see so many of my friends from Franciscan go on to do incredible things. Cause they actually, they, they learned thought, right? I think we all learned it, right? How to think for ourselves and be, becoming a critical thinker because you had friends that built you up, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you were, you, you were recognized for who you were, not, not for who you want to be. And so I think I, that was a, a cool moment. Yeah. And it's so integrated. You can integrate all that thought into every class, no matter what your major is. So yeah, that's, that's how I, I'm sure it still is today. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I got to tell you the the hardest thing I went through in the, in the moment, Megan, that kind of created the friendships for life is that, um, I consider myself very fortunate to, um, you know, be a friend to Aaron Land and Brian Muha, mm-hmm. and and during their passing, you know, and 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 all that all that occurred during that tragedy, uh, that that group of friends, even though I don't talk to them in the ways that we did, um, you know, as as we lived out, you know, those those horrific moments, we are we are friends for life, and I and I know one thing, and that is that Brian and Aaron are still with me in a way that I will never know and always looking over us in the same way that they're looking over so many people that knew them mm-hmm. and the blessings that have come from just uh, their, their intercession. And so to this day, we, we miss Brian and Aaron and they'll always be remembered. And I think we honor this, this idea that we have one life to live and we need to keep maximizing it. And so that's what I'm seeing a lot with those that lived through that, through, through that moment in, um, in, in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. Amen. That's beautiful. Amen. Um, well, you you briefly mentioned your position at Nationwide and the job that you have to do. Can you give us a little bit of background of what you're doing there? And then we want to get into what you've done to collide that with your family life. Yeah, absolutely. So Nationwide is a Fortune 100 company. We, uh, we write, uh, you know, products in all 50 states, but our home state is Ohio. And I so didn't know that. The success of this company is is, uh, is, is dictated on, on the Ohio regulatory environment. And so what that means is, is that the laws that are passed in Ohio really are provide either the regulatory flexibility or a regulatory hardship for our company to exist. And so I'm, I'm uh, down in the Ohio State House meeting with lawmakers uh, when they're in session. So Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I still wear a suit and tie where many people are, get to wear hoodies as they work from home and advocating and, and working on legislation that, that, that not only impacts nationwide, but how we serve our customers. And so we, you know, the laws have to allow us to, to do certain things like uh, communicate with you electronically or allow you to buy insurance over an app. And we have to make sure that those laws follow. And so, 
uh, Governor DeWine. Uh, I was with him at an event one time with Father Dave Pavanka, and it was really cool because Governor DeWine is Catholic. And Father Dave Pavanka gave him just a, such a beautiful blessing. And so, uh, you know, I, I got to be there for like, this, this that's a moment, right? When my personal life, I got to see me yeah. uh, uh, into the Catholic world. And and then, you know, you go to lobby these lawmakers, but then it's Ash Wednesday and you go to church and you see that all of them are still are going over to St. Joseph Cathedral with you. So you really develop a friendship with a, with a lot of people that you work with. I mean, and, and you you went into that whole realm, the the law side of things in and um, into the in the local in the local, not really local, but local to you government. Did you did you always want to kind of work in politics and business or or was this kind of an opportunity that you took as you furthered your career? This was, uh, you know, I this is another alumni story. Um so when when Aaron and Brian when when Aaron and Brian uh, got got tragically murdered, we had to go to different trials, and there was a moment in the in the trial process where it kept getting delayed. And one and U.S. Senator George Voinovich uh, received a phone call from an alumnus named Roger Geiger. Roger Geiger lobbied for small business owners, and he was instrumental in getting the DNA so that so that the trial would not be postponed again. And when, and then Rod, we realized that Roger knew uh, the political process. And so Roger, without me even knowing him, started coming to the trial and uh, really becoming a, uh, like a, a support to, to, um, to the family. And then Roger offered me an internship. I took that internship. And at age 22, I was a registered lobbyist lobbying on the behalf of small business owners. I identify with that quickly because my dad was a small business mm-hmm. owner and we went through a frivolous lawsuit and they were working on ending frivolous lawsuits. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go to war for this. Yeah. Cause I remember when we went, you know, when we had our, when we had our setback and then I really fell in love with that as a calling. So, you know, I would, I, I hope one day I can get more Franciscan students to want to be involved in the political process. Cause I know a lot of them have energy on the laws that are, you know, praying for the laws that are, are out there, but there's a way that you can actually be involved in making the laws. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about today. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So obviously being pro-life is a huge part of being at Franciscan and something that, again, it is prayed about a lot. And your story strikes me because it's, a way that being pro-life takes on a different form um, and really impacts the community. So can you tell us a little bit about how your you and your wife started the adoption process and you know where that took you guys? So Chrissy uh, had some just incredible friends at Franciscan like, and they were very, very uh, courageous right after college. And so her and uh, four other Franciscan grads, new 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 nurses, headed off to Jamaica, and they volunteer for mustard seed communities. This is at a time when we were when we, we were dating for about four years, you know, and uh, and so it was like we we took a long break from each other. But when I went down to Jamaica and I got to see the orphans that they were working with, it and that there's no one there to adopt, you know, those those children in in Jamaica that really impacted me and impacted us. And when we got married, we decided, yes, if we're ever fortunate enough, we want to adopt. Cause we realize if you adopt one child, you're going to make a difference forever for that one child. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God really put it on our hearts. And so our journey started in 2012. We went to adoption Academy 
<laughs> so believe it or not, Monday nights, here we are learning all about adoption for uh, three hours each Monday night, for nine Mondays in a row. And through that discernment, because they really want to make sure that you understand when you adopt, it's permanent, right? Mm-hmm. Not like today when, when a, when a shop, when something comes to your house, you can return it, right? This is forever. And they, and they let you know kind of about what's happening in society and, and just, you don't go in this with like, you know, rose colored eyes. They, they really want you to know what, what, what you're doing. So that, so that was an incredible experience. And then we decided that we would, we would work on it in um, 2016. And then ultimately we, we, uh, we got the big phone call on, um, on December 1st, 2017. Wow. That's awesome. Um, and then through that process, how did nationwide and the legislation that you ended up passing come to be? Yeah. So we had a, this is kind of cool. I mean, for those that, for anyone that is going to adoption store, you will understand this, that it's a roller coaster. And, um, so we, you know, Megan and Christy, we had a failed adoption and a failed adoption is when you think that you've secured adoption and then the very last minute it did not work out and we were super sad. So what, Christy and I decided to do is we took the family to Walt Disney world and then we, and then the two of us went to Hawaii. And uh, so we spent all of the money that we saved up for adoption to like basically, you know, get, get our footing back. And then through friends, we, uh, we put our name back out there to, um, to adopt thinking that it would take a while. Right. And we would work on financing. And that's when I was about to coach my basketball game when we got the phone call saying, Hey, a baby was born in Toledo, Ohio. And the family picked you, you need to come up immediately. So that was an incredible experience. But leaving the hospital on, on day three or day four, I got an invoice for $25,000. That was due in 30 days. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. So that's, so that is like the reality and of, of adoption is that these agencies do um, need paid for the great work that they do. And, um, and so that night I remember looking online saying like, all right, low cost adoption loan, right? Right. Low something, You're literally something Googling this, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so we could not find it, mm. right? It did not exist. And um, so I, I did take out a loan from my father and paid off that loan to the penny. But what's interesting about the adoption process, and this is what I think I want everyone understands about how, how the law works, is that if you adopt a child, it, you have a social worker that comes to your house every single month for six months until they certify that you're okay, like you're, you're approved. And then you get a court date and then you go to the court date and then you sign the papers. And that's the big moment. When you sign those papers, it's forever. It's recognized that Quinn Marie Wilson is a Wilson forever. Um, but you don't really receive the tax returns until the following tax period. And so that process for us was a two-year period until we until we received thirteen thousand dollars from the federal government and ten thousand dollars from the state government. So basically, you had to float the money twenty three thousand dollars for two years. And that and and now, but the bill that we passed to anyone that is thinking about adoption in Ohio, what's what's incredible about the Family Forward Act is that this is this is an act that creates basically a zero percent interest for the cost of adoption with no, with up to $50,000 that you can receive taking out loans from the state of Ohio. So it's a very low interest loan that you work through the different financial institutions, knowing that you're gonna be able to, to repay that loan once you receive your credit. 
And now Megan and Chrissy are kind of wondering how did this idea come to be? And so through my lobbying experience, I've learned about how in the agriculture world, they have what's called the AgLink program. And so farmers can take out a really low cost loan through the treasurer's office. And they then can, um, to help pay for all their inputs on the farm. And then they can basically repay that loan once they harvest. And so I, I picked up the phone and I called my friend Jody, who was the uh, state, who was the chief of staff uh, to the treasurer's office. I said, Jody, I got this crazy idea. <laughs> you have this program that works for farmers where basically they have a cost in the beginning and then you know that they're gonna pay it at the end. I said, adoption is the same way. Here's what I experienced when, when we brought home Quinn, right? It took mm -hmm. me about two and a half years to float the money. And so uh, Jody loved the idea, the state treasurer, Robert Sprague loved the idea. And then uh, we worked with just a, a really fun bill sponsor named John Cross. And, uh, and so Representative Cross, uh, Treasurer Sprague and myself and, and our family, we helped write the bill in a way that, and, and, and a lot of adoption agencies then came to the table and, and gave input. And it became, I think, one of the best bills out there. And just recently, guys, this is really good news. I checked in to make sure it wasn't just one of those like nice to have laws, right? Right. Is it mm -hmm. actually working? Right. Are people using it basically, right? Yes. The applications are happening because everyone knows you pick up the phone, you call an adoption agency and then they tell you how much it is and that becomes a barrier. And now yes. they can say back to them, no, guess what? You don't have to have your cash flow impacted. Guess what? You, you, you can work through this family forward act and, and, and you can, um, take out a loan. So you're, so you're basically your, your credit is protected. It's guaranteed to the state of Ohio, as long as you prove that you've done, you know, the certain steps to deserve it. I mean, it, it just gives me chills thinking yeah. about it. And, uh, <laughs> but I tell you one thing, we, we couldn't be any happier having Quinn mm -hmm. in our family. So having a, you know, in the, in the spacing of kids that we have from a high schooler to a seventh grader to a four-year-old, she has just brought so much energy and joy to Chrissy and I. Mm -hmm. So God had a plan for this and God had a plan for the law that became law. Yeah. And that's why I, I think my job is truly a calling all from Franciscan. That's beautiful. And it is so neat that, uh, yes, it impacted your family, but I love that all those agencies can talk about it and promote it and say, hey, we want you. We want you to have this chance and this opportunity. So you really are impacting the entire state. So thank you for doing that, you and your yeah, wife, love. for dreaming and uh, being courageous and bold, because that's that's difficult. And I hope, you know, to any alumni out there that have had any experience in their life, adoption or non-adoption related, when they're like, you know what, in retrospect, this could have gone better or retrospect, I have an idea. State lawmakers want to hear that. I think sometimes people think, oh, you know, I voted and I don't need to be involved in the legislative process. No, once you elect them, then they're go to work. That's when you should get to know your state lawmaker and tell them about an experience you had. And maybe one day you'll be on a podcast talking about a law that you helped pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. This is really great. It's inspirational. Yeah. Ah, cool. Thank you. Thank you and your wife for, yeah. for that. Absolutely. And Christy would be with joining us today. To anyone that was hoping that, that they'd get Christy Queen Wilson tonight, <laughs> she is, uh, as, as you would relate to Uber mom, right? Driving <laughs> yeah. the kids around. Uh, Somebody's got to do it. Yep. Yep. A super mom and an Uber mom, right? She's doing, oh, she's absolutely. killing it. Yes. Yep. 
Good. And still a nurse today at Nationwide Children's Hospital. And so that's really cool is that at Nationwide, sorry, at Nationwide, we're one of the largest corporate philanthropists in the state of Ohio. And we've given and close to $140 million to Nationwide Children's Hospital, which could become one of the largest children's hospitals in the world once, once the build-out occurs. And so it's kind of neat that my wife is on the front lines there. So that gives me hope to want to work, you know, and to work harder at Nationwide every single day. Because, uh, you know, when you hear about these cancer patients and what they're going through and just the incredible uh, support that they get, it just, it, it puts my day in perspective. That's really amazing. You guys are both working in totally, totally different fields, one would say, objectively. And yet you're linked, you know, you're related. And I feel like a lot of people, oh. I mean, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying totally related. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like at Franciscan, we, this is what we hear time and time again, you know, oh, I, I majored in humanities or, oh, I majored in English. I majored in business. And yet their lives as they go along are so linked through the faith, the, really working towards the common goal. I mean, really like disciples in the world. It's really incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So um, what would you say um, on that note to any student who is attending Franciscan today? Do you have any advice for their future or words of wisdom for them? I, so I, I think people should be intentional in trying to meet more people. This is your one chance where you're on campus and you're surrounded by, you know, students from all around the country. Be intentional in trying to get to know as many people as possible and building lifelong friendships. Don't be stuck in your dorm room. Luckily, we didn't have a chance to be stuck in our dorm room because we had no air conditioning. We had no other jobs. Right? And, and so we were already out building those friendships. And, get involved in intramurals. I mean, the intramurals were a blast. And then through that, a lot of your friends will help you make sure that you're doing the right things and growing deeper in your faith and, and being involved. So that's, that's, that's the, I, I think that advice will last a long time. Yeah. Good human formation. That's great. Yep. All right. Well, before we wrap up here, we have a few hot takes from the Hill that we love to hear from our guests um, to take you back to your time on campus. Um, So quick one word answers here. Um, Who was your favorite professor? Uh, Lowry. What did he teach? Oh, business. All right. I didn't even say one word. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you're our first guest to actually take that literally. Thank you. But also when we're like one word, we assume you're going to elaborate for a minute. You could so. do short answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he, um, he was a pioneer of his time. And, you know, he was, we would take uh, our tests on computers. and We've never seen that before. Wow. These floppy disks. And so. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's Keep in great. mind, for any listener, you're, you remember this waiting in line in the computer lab to write your paper. Like, I think sometimes we'd have to write two or, we'd have to wait two or three hours just to be able to type a paper. No. Wow, he was really preparing you for the future. I no, mean. No, no, it wasn't Lowry. I'm just saying, oh. in general, it's just, I had, a, I had a, memory, a flashback here, but yeah, yeah, Dr. Lowry, he was great. Wow, awesome. What about your favorite class? My favorite class mm-hmm. um, was probably business writing because I use it all the time now. And I think we sometimes, uh, you know, we hold on to something from, from a university and I'll never forget that professor. Yeah, cool. Um, did you have a favorite friar or sister when you were on campus? 
uh, Father Scantlin was our president. And so I was out, we, we were blessed. And he he told us to go out into the world. And, and, and that's, I'll never forget that, right? He said to go into the world. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that, that, that was his words to us when we graduated. Yeah, cool. That's great. Okay, so when you um, were on campus doing all the studying you were doing while you were hanging out with all your friends in the gazebos, <laughs> um, did you have a favorite place to study? This can be on campus or off campus. Uh, second floor library was kind of our spot, but um, I never did it, but a few of my friends did spend the night in the library <laughs> just to see if they could do the, like pull an all-nighter. And right. So that was fun, but I, I didn't do that. But yeah, second floor library, if I was, if it was crunch time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Packing it in. Okay. How about your favorite thing to do off campus? Uh, you know, there are just so many incredible gatherings on front porches, going to Fernwood uh, for bonfires, uh, going, going, uh, I don't know, just going to Pittsburgh was always an adventure. Some nights we got courageous and we went up to Youngstown State University to go check out what was going on there. And wow. So if it always felt like we could go somewhere when uh, we left the hill, but always back in class on Monday. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the advice, right? That's great. <laughs> okay. And um, last, have you ever, um, well, actually, um, yeah. Did you ever go on uh, dates off campus with your wife? I assume you did at the time when you were dating. Did you have a favorite place to go? Well, we met at a place called Stoney's, so I'll, I'll never forget that. So that has to be one of my favorites. But um, there weren't many restaurant options. <laughs> yes. And the funny thing about Franciscan, if you're taking, if you were going on a date, then you were sitting next to somebody else on a date at this, like, <laughs> jagging around, right? So jagging around. Quickly, I realized I had to get the car, and we had to go, like, into Pittsburgh. So that way it wasn't, like, a right. weird you were experience. like, we could have just stayed in the calf and had the same experience <laughs> right next yeah. to you. <laughs> but I loved calf food, by the way. I, I thought our cafeteria when I was there was the best. I, yes. Rose eggs in the morning. <laughs> Love That's it. Awesome. Um, have you ever run into an alum in a random place that you weren't expecting? I met an alum in a random place. Well, yes. Yeah, so Steve Taporn. Uh, one t- and his wife uh, was going. We're going up the escalators in the um, Atlanta airport. When I was going down, I traveled for ten years. I helped lobby in all fifty states, and so I was I was traveling extensively in an airport. And just to have that like weird moment when you're like, hey, hey, and you know, <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. I know, I know you. I we know we both. Yes, yes. we, we yeah. can hang out. We gotta catch our <laughs> We're going. <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that a good random? Yeah, yeah. no, that's great. We just love hearing that pe- Franciscan students are everywhere. So alums yeah. are everywhere, oh, yes. and we've yeah. heard everything from across the country in a cafe to um, a isolated convent in France, and then a lot of airports. Everybody's always meeting Franciscan fellow alumni in airports. I have a feeling though, if if, if you were to just go to some place where they're offering adoration, you would probably find an, an alumnus there. This and is so true. This it's is kind true. of cool, right? When you go there and you, and you see somebody and you're like, all right, we're all, we're all doing the same thing in life. Yeah, you yes. see the household hoodies or something from across the church. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It still happens to me. I'm sure I confuse a lot of students when I go to the gym here in my Stella hoodie. They're probably thinking, 
Oh gosh, what? Where did that lady pick that up? Did somebody give that at the Goodwill? Did she buy that? You know. <laughs> oh, Maggie, you know, once you're in, you're always in, right? I That's know, I know. I got to get a little yeah. bit more swagger in the gym. You know, I got to like be like, look, I'm own, I own the joint. I was here before you. You know, no, it's That's great. Awesome. Well, you've just been the most wonderful guest. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's really been oh, a, you. a pleasure to hear your story and the impact that you and your wife have had. So thank you for sharing with us. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.